Good morning and welcome to the last day of the Days of Unleavened Bread. Title of this is My Rights, or to make it even easier for you, Chapter 4 of Jonah. We're going to do a quick little recap of Jonah. Chapter 1 was Jonah running. But that's not how we need to be looking at the book of Jonah. The way we need to look at the book of Jonah, how does it apply to me? If you remove the name Jonah and insert your name, are you doing the exact same thing that Jonah did? When God commands you to do something, do we run? In chapter 1, Jonah ran. When we run, what do we do when we run? Do we pray for our enemies? Or do we hate our enemies so much that we want nothing to do with them? In Matthew 5.44, it says to pray for your enemies. When we run from God, do we gossip, slander, judge people? Proverbs 21.23 says, Whoever keeps his mouth and his tongue keeps himself out of trouble. And then when we run, why are we running? Do, it because, do we run because we are selfish? All we think about is ourselves, as with the prodigal son. All we thought about was himself. Are we acting that way when we run? We're running away from God, what God says. So, how do we act? That's chapter 1. Chapter 2 is what... What is God's reason for putting Jonah in the fish? Jonah went into the fish, which could be called a trowel. It was to change Jonah. It was to correct Jonah. And it was to save Jonah from himself. Otherwise, it's to change us. When we go into that the well... It's to change us. It's so we will stop doing what we're doing. It's to correct us. Every time we go contrary to God's laws and he has to intervene, are we going into the well that Jonah went into? And it's to save us from ourselves, from destroying ourselves any more than we already have. That's what chapter 2 is about, protecting us from ourselves. Chapter 3. That is when the word of God was spread. Now when Jonah spread the word, same as the way we have to spread the word, it is not our words, it is the Father's words. It's the words that Jesus spoke is what we should be spreading, not our own interpretations. It is so easy to interpret the Bible the way we want to interpret it. It's not spreading the words with our own desires in mind. It's not our desires that matter. It is the Father's desires. And when we spread the word, we should not allow anger, hatred, envy, any of these worldly traits to control us because that's not how we should be representing the Father with our words. 
We should be telling it the way it is. Same as Jonah told it the way it was. In 40 days, you will be destroyed. That's what Nineveh heard, and they responded to it. God's word. God told Jonah exactly what to say, exactly as Jesus said, I cannot say anything except what the Father told me to say. That's how we need to be acting. Not saying anything except what the Father wants. Do we pray for our enemies? Those that hate us and abuse us, do we pray for them? The Father forgave them. Jesus, when he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. If the Father and Jesus can forgive them, why can't we pray for our enemies? Do we pray for those that have done us wrong? Or do we seek revenge? In our minds, we're thinking out schemes of how we can pay them back. Jonah did not want to go to Nineveh. Do we want to go to the people that abuse us, treat us bad, or we just plain don't like? God doesn't care how we feel. He gave us a mission. Chapter 4. That's the first three chapters we've gone through already. Chapter 4 is about our real feelings. About the real feelings that Jonah felt. And we're going to read the entire chapter of chapter 4. Our chapter 4 verse 1 starts off with, but it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he became angry. So he prayed to the Eternal and said, O Eternal, was this not what I said when I was still in my country? Therefore I fled previously to Tarshish. For I knew that you are a gracious and merciful God, slow to anger, and abundant in lo lo um, loving kindness, one who relents from doing harm. Therefore now, O Eternal, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. Then the Eternal said, Is it right for you to be angry? So Jonah went out of the city and sat on the east side of the city. There he made himself a shelter and sat under it or under it in the shade till he might see what would become of the city. And the eternal God prepared a plant and made it come up over Jonah that he might be shade or that it might be shade for his head to deliver him from his misery. So Jonah was very grateful for the plant. But, he, but as morning dawned the next day, God prepared a worm and it so damaged the plant that it withered. And it happened when the sun arose that God pre prepared a venomous east wind 
and the sun beat down on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. Then he wished death for himself and said, It is better for me to die than to live. Then God said to Jonah, Is it right for you to be angry about the plant? And he said, It is right for me to be angry even to death. But the Eternal said, You have had pity on the plant for which you have not labored, nor made it grow, which come up in a night and perish in a night. And should I not pity Nineveh, that great city, in which are more than 120,000 persons who cannot discern between their right hand and their left and much livestock. We just read the conclusion of the book of Jonah. This fourth chapter explains a lot. It explains exactly, well, it explains in detail why he ran. He talked to God before chapter 1 when God gave him his commission, and now we know why he ran. Are we running? We all made an agreement with God. We all got baptized and had hands laid on us. We made an agreement, and what was that agreement? Whatever you say, I will do. Are we upholding our end of this agreement, or are we a Jonah? Do we run when God says to do something, and we don't like it? We decide we are going to change it a little bit to please ourselves. Matthew eleven twenty six says, Come unto me, all that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Is that not what we want? Now this rest is, has two different ways you can look at it. We can work as hard as we can physically, and at the end of the day, as we're obeying God, He'll give us a good night's sleep, a good rest. That's what we want. Or we can also look at it, we live our entire life from time of baptism until our death. And what does God tell us? He will give us the, our rest, which is the first resurrection which we want. We want both of those rests. And how do you get it? By obeying and doing as God says. Why did Jonah run? Why did Jonah leave Nineveh? He ran away from Nineveh, and then he left Nineveh to sit outside on the east side. Why? Why did we, or why do we become Jonah's? Because this happened to jo Jonah, and it happens to us. Because we don't like, agree, or want to obey God. The bottom line, why did Jonah run? He didn't want to obey God. Why do we disobey God? Because we don't want to obey God at that moment in our life. At this moment in, in Jonah's life, whatever the span from God telling him to at the end of, of the book, it's one small part of Jonah's life. 
as when we sin is one small part of our lives. God doesn't bend to Jonah's will or our will. Now we can make him bend. Abraham did. Or Moses did. He bent with Moses. He didn't destroy the nation of Israel. He bent to the will of Moses. Why? Because it wasn't about Moses. It was about God. God, if you destroy them, everyone will say that you can't protect them in the desert. God said, okay, that's a good enough reason for me. I'm not going to destroy them. God will bend, but why does he bend? Because we are doing what he says to do. Moses was showing 100% love, and that's what God is. So he's not going to bend to our will because we're greedy, because we have hatefulness in us. God said no to Jonah's plan to destroy the Ninevites. When God says no to us, how do we respond? Do we respond as Paul responded in 2 Corinthians 12? I'm not going to read it. It's when he said, God put a thorn in my side. Did he get mad about it? No, he prayed three times for it to go. God said no. And instead of him getting mad, he said, okay, I'm going to use it to my benefit. Do we use our distress to our benefit or do we get mad at God? Jonah and us, things we don't know, we think we know things better than God. Our way is better than God. That's what Jonah was saying when he ran, my way is better. Do we throw temper tantrums like Jonah did? He ran from God. And then once when he was in Nineveh, he gave the message. He went out, sat down to enjoy another good temper tantrum. Do we do the exact same thing? Do we throw temper tantrums to God? It's either my way or the highway. God says it's always his way. We either do it God's way or we get thrown into the whale. A place to where we don't want to be. Jonah didn't want to be there. Okay, now here's the thing. Can we talk to God as honestly as Jonah talked to God? Oh, there's some good traits about Jonah. Jonah told God exactly what he thought and what he thought or what he was going to do. He didn't sugarcoat it. Do we sugarcoat our sins to God? King David didn't. With Bathsheba, and it was proclaimed to him that you're the one. What did he say? I sinned against God. No sugarcoating, a direct statement. Jonah was the exact same way. I hate the Ninevites. You tell me to go, I'm running. He told God that ahead. And then here in chapter 4, he is telling God exactly what he thinks. Do we talk to God that way? And God never criticized him for being as blunt as he was. Now, he did ask him, why? 
What right do you have to go contrary? But he actually did not say, don't you dare talk this bluntly to me. No, God wants to know what's in our heart. He wants to know what we're thinking. Do we have enough love to God to be that honest as Jonah was? Did Jonah have a right to be mad toward God? Do we have a right to be mad toward God? Jonah hated the Ninevites. God told him to do something that he wanted nothing to do with. Do we? Is that us? Instead of putting Jonah's name in there, can we place our own name there when we examine ourselves? Is that what we see? Jonah's problem is the same for us today that his problem was. God's forgiveness of heathens, pagans, enemies, he has a heart of love. This displeased Jonah. It displeased Jonah a whole lot. And he became angry because of it. So he prayed to God and said, O eternal, was not this was not this what I said? Do we get mad when God blesses a non-believer, someone out in the world? God blesses them greatly. Do we get mad at them? And if you get mad at them, why? If you go out to the world, some worldly person, you tell them the truth as we see it. Not the way they see it, but yet they say, you know what? That's a pretty good thing. I kind of like what you have to say. Do we, are we happy for them? Or do we get mad at them because they didn't come to church with us? The Ninevites did what Jonah said. The Ninevites heard, you will be destroyed. That's the warning and they responded to it. When someone responds to us, do we get upset about it? Because it's an enemy? It's a coworker that's going to take our job, our promotion, if we give them the truth? The Ninevites were enemies of Israel, and Jonah knew it. Jonah had told God when God initially told him. Jonah told God these two facts when God initially told him to go to Nineveh. The first fact, Nineveh deserves judgment. Is that how we feel about this world? The world deserves judgment. Is that how we think of this world? That's how Jonah thought of Nineveh. And Jonah said, I am the wrong man for the job. I don't want to do it. Didn't we hear that before, Moses? I can't speak to him. I am slow of tongue, which means 
As far as we know, I forgot the language. He didn't want to do it either. And God sent him his brother. But here, Jonah doesn't get a helper. It's on him alone. Jonah wanted, to wanted God to conform to his wishes. And God said, no, I'm not. It's not your right for me to conform to what you want. You conform to me. It's what God's telling him. Jonah also said, while in Israel... And because of what you told me to do, I fled to Tarshish. Why did Jonah flee to Tarshish? He told us in the scripture. He prayed to God. You realize he prayed twice. We have two prayers. Chapter 3 was one prayer. And chapter 4 at the beginning was another prayer. Because I fled. Why? Jonah said, because you are a gracious and merciful God. You are slow to anger and abundant in loving, loving kindness. One who relents from doing harm. Is that not exactly the God we want? That's exactly who we want to be our God. So if he goes to someone else, God... Why do we get angry when our enemies, when God tells us, witness to those that we don't like? Why do we get angry or why do we run? When God refused Jonah's request, Jonah took matters into his own hand. He decided to mess up God's plan and he refused to participate. He ran. He thought he was getting away with it. Because Jonah refused to see the Ninevites as God saw them. That's, that's something we have to think about. When we have an enemy, how does God see him? Does God see that person who we dislike, who we talk about, who we badmouth? Does God see them exactly as we see them? No. And Jonah, he disliked him so much that he said, take my life. Do we hate someone that much? You know, you might hate someone that much and you don't even know it. When you talk, start to talk bad about something, when you start to have anger about someone, when you hate someone, what does God consider hate? He considers it murder. And where do murderers not go? Into the first resurrection. So when we start talking bad about someone, it can be not just someone, but how about a group, an organization? When we're talking bad, are we telling God, I don't want the first resurrection? As Jonah was saying, I'd rather die. Is our anger and our frustration more important to us than the first resurrection? That's what Jonah is 
when we take it spiritually, that is how it looks to God. It all comes down to the heart. What right do we have to tell God no? Or you need to punish someone because I don't like that person or group, organization, whatever. Do we have that right? When, this, when someone repents and God relents, that's what happened. Nineveh repented. God relented the punishment. He didn't remove it. He just withheld it. Do we get mad because they didn't, they didn't repent as we thought they should have repented? They didn't repent in the correct way. Do we have a problem like that? They repented and got the promotion that we wanted. Something good happened to them and we get mad. Is that how we look at people? Do we say they didn't really repent and get mad? Is that how we look? Can we see into the hearts of men as God does? Do we see the outcome of a person's action as God does? Do we know the big picture, the big plan as God does? The answer is no. So how can we, what right do we have to get mad when God sees a person, sees their heart, which we don't see, and God says, yes, I like that person, and we're mad at them, or a group, or an organization? Romans 8.28 says, And we know that of those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. We have two quick little statements in that. All things and according to his purpose. When we hate someone or we despise someone or we just flat out disagree to where we don't like them and we don't want to talk to them. Is that according to God's purpose? God works all things, including the very thing that is causing us anxiety, the things that drive us crazy, the things we thought was a curse, but actually is a blessing. What's a blessing? It's something that goes according to God's plan. Something God decides to give us is a blessing. God can bless whomever he wants. What right do we have to say no? That person, that group, that organization does not deserve your blessing. That's what Jonah was going through. Nineveh does not deserve the love of of God. That's what we have been reading. These four chapters is us not loving the world, not loving a person, not loving an organization or a group. 
We spent seven days prior to the days of unleavened bread getting leavening out of our lives. Then we spent seven days, today's the last day of it, that we should have been living a sin-free life without leavening, without the influences of this world distracting us. Once when the sun goes down tonight, leavening is no longer a sin. But are we going to go back into the world, go back into our own, or back into the old ways of hate, despise, of not wanting to help? Are we going to go back that way when the sun goes down, back to the way we used to be, as Jonah did? Jonah gave the message that God told him to give. And what did he do? He went right back to the way he was. Are we going to do the same thing? Or have we used these seven days and the week prior preparing? Are we going to be a new person? Or are we going back to our old ways? God asked Jonah. He said, is it right for you to be angry? That is a question Jonah didn't answer. One of the times. The other time he said yes. But the first time he didn't answer it, what did he do? He gave that prayer while he was in Nineveh. God asked him, do you have a right to be mad? And he left the city on the east side, sat down to watch the punishment that he thought Nineveh deserved. He was with the people. God asked him, do you have a right to be mad? And he didn't answer him, but he turned and left the people. Jonah went out, to, out of the city. He sat down. He made a shelter. Are we that way ourselves? Are we no different than Jonah? Do we have a hatred when God puts a blessing or not punish someone? A person, organization, or a group that, that makes us upset. Do we talk about them? Do we say how bad that child of God is? That person that was made in the image of God. Every time we say something bad about some, somebody, or we have a feeling of dislike, that is a person that was made in the image of God, same as us. What right do we have to tell a child of God, I don't like you. I don't like the way you're acting. And why are they acting the way they are? Do we really know? Or do they have stresses in their life that has altered their thinking? People, pain will make people do some stupid things because of pain. Mental anguish, mental hurt will make people do things that normally they wouldn't do. That person, that child of God, are they under some type of stress we don't know about? And yet we are bad-mouthing 
an image of God. That's how we all were made. What right did Jonah have and what right do we have to be angry about anything God does? I'm going to go from elected officials to president all the way down to the person on the street that has nothing, that is homeless. Do we have a right to be angry with any of them? Do we try to convince people of how bad someone is? This is us talking to other people. Do we, through what we say, try to convince other people about how bad someone is, an organization is, or whatever? And we try to convert that person to our way of thinking instead of trying to convert that person to God's way of thinking. We have to convert ourselves to think as God thinks before we can convert someone else. You ever ask yourself, why, when I talk to someone, there's no fruit? I don't see anyone coming to God. Could it be because... We are not doing it out of love. We are doing it because we think we have to do it. We have to tear someone down. That way I can convince someone about how great I am, how much I know, how I want my way. That was Jonah. He did not want the Ninevites to change. He wanted them destroyed. Is that how we feel about people? Do we get upset because they aren't doing what we want them to do? Is that why we get upset with someone? Do we feel slighted because our opinions meant nothing to them? You tell someone the truth and they just, they just forget it. Do we get mad at them because they didn't follow our thinking or our opinion? Is that what makes us mad? And then they don't, our opinion meant nothing to them. How galling is that? It shouldn't be, because it's not what we say. Well, it's what we say, but it's the Father that determines. Are we a Jonah and want nothing more than disaster or punishment to come upon them because they dare not to listen to what we had to say? Are we a Jonah filled with hatred? That's what Jonah is. That is what this entire four chapters of Jonah is about. Do we have the right to be mad at God? When we get mad at God for something, anything, it's futile. You realize that? It's pointless. It isn't going to change God's plan or mind. Because we're mad at him. That's throwing a temper tantrum. Now, Jonah went outside the city, sat down. God decided to bless him. Why did he bless him? Maybe because he gave the message that God wanted him to give. So he sat down and God said, well done on that message. 
I'm going to give you a plan. I don't know. Speculation. Who knows? God knows. I don't know. But God blessed him with a plant that gave him shade. That's awesome. That is exactly what we like. We like blessings from God. But here's the thing. Jonah got a blessing, but what did he do? Did he not do the barest of bare minimums of what God asked him to do? God asked him, go to Nineveh, he ran. God told him again, go to Nineveh, and finally he did. He gave the message, and God blessed him. Here's the thing. Are we doing the barest of bare minimums and thinking we're doing a great job? Oh, I go to church. Phew, that's good. No, it's a bare minimum. I tithe, bare minimum. I give offerings, bare minimum. When do we go above? Oh, that's right. I don't eat pork, seafood, or shellfish. Bare minimum. When do we go above the bare minimum? I don't like that person. Less than bare minimum. You repent from it. Now you're at bare minimum again. Is that what our lives is? Same as Jonah? Just doing the bare minimum? God expects a lot more from us. How are we going to get the crown? Our good works. Our treasure that's in heaven. Not by doing just the bare minimum. And start with, we have to change the way we think. We have to think as God. And here's another way to think of God, as God. Don't allow bad stuff in the ears to influence us. Jonah allowed bad stuff to influence him, an enemy. The nation, or the Nineveh, was the enemy. And he listened to all the bad stuff from Nineveh, and it influenced him. I hate them. They're my enemy. If he didn't listen, and if he didn't know who Nineveh was, would he have gladly gone to Nineveh? Sure. But because of what went in the ears, harden his heart. Be careful what goes in the ears. The plant was a miracle from God. It gave Jonah comfort. It, it refreshed him. It recharged him. He was out of the sun. God was blessing him. It was the only happy time documented in this period of Jonah's life because it said he was exceedingly happy or glad. It's the only time he had a happy moment during this time. This plant was a blessing. But now here's the thing. How did Jonah use that plant? How do we use our blessings? The plant's refreshing him. It's recharging him. It's giving him shade and comfort. How did he use it? How do we use our blessings? Do we do it for self-comfort? Do we do it for me? I deserve this plant. It's all about me. This plant's here so I can be in comfort to watch Nineveh burn. How was he using that plant? He was using it selfishly. 
That plant was only there to provide him comfort. Nothing else. It didn't change his mind. He was happy because of the comfort. Are we the exact same way? God blesses us, maybe with a job, a new house, or whatever. Do we use that to proclaim the blessings God has given us? I got a promotion, not because of me, but because of God. Or do we say, I got that promotion because of the hard work I did, the backbiting I did, chomping on people. That's how I got it. I got it. Not God blessed me with it. Are we a Jonah? What did Jonah do? He went outside of the city and sat down. He stopped working. He stopped preaching. He stopped everything. Does that sound familiar? As in the ten virgins? Did he go sound asleep? He wasn't slumbering. He went to sleep. He stopped. When we get a blessing, do we stop? What happened with those five virgins that stopped? They didn't make it. Jonah is giving us such an example spiritually of the, of the amount of trouble we can give ourselves by not doing as God says and not praising God. Jonah was using this blessing for himself and only himself. We have to stop thinking about ourselves and think about others. Are we building them up or are we using them to make ourselves feel good because I've got whatever opinion I have or whatever? No, if it's only an opinion and it's not praising God, then what good is it? Now, if someone's hurt, of course, you help them. You use the knowledge you have to help them. That's just human dignity. But it's when we take a blessing and we abuse it. Everything Jonah has done up to this point, as I said, was bare minimum. And what did he get for it? He didn't change his attitude. Everything Jonah got in this blessing was temporary. What was that plant? That plant was a hedge of protection. Job 1.10, when Satan was talking to God, this is what Satan said. Have you not put a hedge of protection around him, talking about Job and his household and everything he has? You have blessed the work of his hand so that his flocks and herds are spread throughout the land. God put a hedge of protection around Jonah. When did he do it? With that fish. That fish was a hedge of protection. Could anything get to him? No. God put a hedge of protection around him with that plant. He was protected from the sun. How was he using this hedge? First one, when he was in the whale, he prayed. This time with the plant, he didn't pray. He had a blessing. We all have the hedge of protection around us. Do we thank 
God for it. And here's the whole thing. Jonah never got it as far as it's recorded. Jonah never got outside of himself. It was always the inner turmoil. You realize there is some place worse than being in the belly of the whale. It's being trapped inside of ourselves. We ask God for forgiveness. God gives us the forgiveness and we don't change. Because of inside of us is so much hate, we don't change. Jonah, from all we read, we never saw him say, I'm sorry. We never see him change. He'll change for his own self, his own protection, but not for anyone else. When Jonah gave, gave when God gave Jonah the plant was a miracle. We have miracles. Do we say, God, thank you for that plant, but how about those people? That's what God, Jonah was saying. I like this plant, but are you going to destroy those people? This plant shows us how we can abuse a blessing, a miracle, with a worm. What was the purpose of that worm? Number one, the plant was there to give the worm food. The worm was there to make that plant wither away. If we don't use the blessings God gives us to proclaim God, to glorify God, does he send the worm and that blessing we were given is now gone? Why? Because of inside of us, we did not change when that blessing came. So why, so why should God keep giving us that blessing? If we're not going to change, then why take it back? Didn't he take away the kingship of King Solomon? Took away the spirit from King Solomon? Why? Because King Solomon was not obeying God. Ten tribes of Israel. God divorced. Why? Because they weren't obeying God, Jesus, died to get out from under Judah. Why? Because they didn't obey. God gave them a blessing. They didn't use it to promote God. So he took it away and he gave it to each and every one of us now. How are we using the blessings that God has given us? Are we using it to glorify God? Or are we using it to glorify ourselves? Remember this. God is always in complete control of the universe. He was in complete control of the wind with the sailors. He was in complete control with the whale with Jonah. He was in complete control when the Ninevites repented. He was in complete control with the plant. With the worm, with the wind, with the sun. God is always in control of everything 
on this planet, including our lives. Isaiah 46, 9 through 10 says, Remember the former things of old. That's when we were in the world. We're not in the world anymore. For I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. Declares the end from the beginning and from ancient times. Things not yet done saying, My counsel shall stand and I will accomplish all my purpose. The purpose was for Nineveh to repent. The purpose was, Jonah, will you change your heart? The purpose is, will we change our heart to that stuff we do not like and we do not want to do? Jonah's attitude was, it's better to die than to live. Then God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about the plant? And Jonah said, it is right for me to be angry even to death. We've read that a couple times. Once again, do we risk Losing the first resurrection because of our anger. Here's what God says. God said, you have had pity on the plant. And should I not pity Nineveh, that great city in which are more than 120,000 people who cannot discern between their right hand and their left hand, and much livestock. Do you realize that Jonah pitied a plant over human lives? Do you realize here's the kind of power Jonah demonstrated? He went to sailors. They started worshiping God, made vows to God. He went to Nineveh, 120,000 people. Let me ask you this question. Temple is less than 120,000. When I looked it up, it's 180-some thousand. Have we converted a smaller group of people here in Temple than Jonah did in Nineveh? Of course, it was God's will. But do we ask God's will to make temple a place that will worship him as he wants to be worshipped? Do we make temple a place of disciples or is temple just temple? Okay, now, God said that Nineveh did not know their right hand from their left. You know what that means? It means that Nineveh did not morally or spiritually know God. They didn't know right, left hand from their right hand. They did not know God. Jonah went to someone that did not know God. Yes, they knew the name of God because they knew the nation of Israel. They knew who Israel and Judah were worshipped. 
So yes, they knew a name. But did they understand that name that they knew? The world outside knows a name. It's called Jesus. But do they know Jesus as we know Jesus? The world outside doesn't know their left hand from their right hand. The world outside has not been called. Nineveh was not called until Job went. Job made an impact. Job did what God said, except here's the problem. He did it on the outside, but he didn't do it on the inside. Do we obey God on the outside, but not obey him on the inside? God wants us to obey him on the inside. Therefore, we will obey him on the outside. James 4.10 sums up most all of this very nicely. It says, humble yourself before the eternal. Something Job did not do. Are we doing it? Are we humbling ourselves to where we say, God, you're in control. Whatever you want is fine with me because I don't know the big picture. Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh. The big picture was it was not time for Nineveh to destroy um, Israel. They had to wait. I believe it was 40 years. Then they destroyed Israel. It was giving Israel time to repent. Nineveh repented. The world repented and Israel did not. Ask yourself this question. Are there better people morally out in the world than we are morally. There are some people that will give the clothes off of their back. They will break their back for someone. And then there's God's people. Now I'm not saying that you all won't. Don't take it wrong. But Jonah would not. He wanted nothing to do with Nineveh. It says, humble yourself before the eternal and he will exalt you. You realize Jonah must have humbled himself. Why? Because was he not exalted? Was he not the sign of our Messiah? Is he not now, Jonah, giving us life lessons, spiritual lessons, lessons about the patience, love of God? How much patience and love and long-suffering did God have with Jonah? How much does he have with us? Brothers, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against his brother or judges him speaks against the law and judges it. And if you judge the law, you are not a practitioner of the law, but a judge of it. There is only one lawgiver and judge. There's only one lawgiver and judge, and it is not us. The one who is able to save and destroy. But who are you to judge your neighbor? Who is our neighbor? The entire world. 
Did Jesus not say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they have done? Did God say in John 3.16, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son? Do we have even a minute amount of love as God displayed to us and the world? The way we fully understand God, the way we fully understand ourselves is to comprehend our self-interest with God's sacrificial love. Have our self-interest disappeared and all we have is the love of God. That's all God wanted this day's of atonement. Thank you, unleavened bread. Very good. That's all God wanted during this days of unleavened bread for us to change. Have we changed? Are we leaving Jonah behind at sunset?